Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome, collectors, to Layton's Loft, where you can find us every Wednesday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Layton's Loft Facebook page, as well as our YouTube channel for Vintage Breaks. Yes. What's going on, J5? I didn't know if he wanted to jump on the show early today. <laughs> We've made some changes people should be aware of. We're no longer streaming the show directly on uh, Vintage Breaks, either YouTube or Facebook page. You can watch the show. You're welcome to watch the show on both of those pages. But if you want your comments to appear on the screen, you have to watch us on Layton's Law Facebook page or the Just Collect Facebook page. Great. Thanks for mentioning that, Lou. And sincerely appreciate everyone joining us today. I've been away on a few, day, a few days vacation uh, with my family, as I was just mentioning to Lou. Um, you know, no sports or no baseball. Uh, but I did uh, manage to get Julia out to the tennis court. She was uh, very – she played several years ago with me. And she was telling me literally 11 reasons why she's not going to be able to play. And I said, could you just do me a favor? Could we assess that after we go out to the court? Um, telling me the struggles with hand-eye coordination. I'm like, didn't you tell me you played softball as a kid? Yeah. She's like, yeah, you know, a long time ago. I'm like, yeah, listen, it's like riding a bike. Yep. You know, you pick up the hand-eye coordination, Lou, if, if you had it a long time ago. It's a little rusty, that's all. And I'm not diminishing tennis, but if I played a lot when I was a kid. If you're an athlete, you can do pretty well on the tennis court, even if you just walk on. Absolutely. So yeah. I was trying to explain to Julie that the tennis racket, there's a lot more, you know, space to hit the ball mm -hmm. than a baseball bat. Yes. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we played for about an hour. Um, and then she said at the end, she's like, so are we going to play a, a game right now? I said, I mean, I'm ready if you are, but I suggest that, you know, we probably get back to our son. Um, and, you know, <laughs> we kind of call it quits, uh, you know, for here. So I appreciate her being a good sport about it and um, looking forward to getting back out there with her. It was great. Wait a second. You didn't teach Crosby to be a ball boy? Just stick him by the Well, neck. you know, Crosby, the ball uh, we asked him if he wanted to join. He was uh, very interested in hanging out with Grandma and Grandpa and his friends. Um, so we didn't we didn't pressure him. What's going on, Ken and Greg, Mike, Tyler? What's up, Tom, Billy, Donald? Thanks for joining us. What's up, Charles? Do you know, I was telling J5 before the show, because I'm on DraftKings app all the time for DFS and for sports betting and things like that. Today was their first drop of their first NFTs. Today. Oh, there's a, there's a lot going on, just not just the NFT world, but in the betting world. Uh, the Golden Nugget was just acquired by, I think it yeah. was DraftKings. It or, was DraftKings, yeah. Um, so just, you know, in general, like the way that I, if you will, buy and, and I don't really sell stock. I generally hold it for the longer term. But I, I, of course, Lou, I'm, I'm already late to the party and saying that betting's here to stay. But not only is betting here to stay, if you looked at the announcement that Fanatics just came out with, they just raised another $300 million, uh, to basically take their valuation, which is approximately $6 billion about a year and a half ago, wow. to $18 billion today. Okay. And, and I quote, uh, Lou, I'll do the best I can to quote Michael Rubin, um, who is the founder of Fanatics. He came out today and said, uh, that he wants Fanatics to be the digital destination for, get this, they have 83 million customers. So one way, shape, or form, whether wow. it be you bought something, you gave your name for something. So you just imagine it's very powerful. And I think what Fanatics is doing is playing the long game and saying, hey, you know, we may not be there now, but we recognize that not only is betting here to stay, but, um, you know, betting content's here to stay. Baseball cards, I wouldn't be shocked if they got into, whether it be, they're already into retailing cards. If they get into breaking, you know, who knows? Um, but I feel as though if Fanatics is going to be, you know, knocking down uh, some trees out there in the forest for everyone in the collectible field, I think it's great. 
I have two individual stocks. Mostly it's indexes and things like that. I have sure. two individual stocks because I'm a customer of, of both DraftKings and Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's I'm funny, Lou, I acquired DraftKings early enough. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you with the moves that everyone's making in the industry, you know, in general, uh, I just think that, um, you know, betting, betting is going to become, uh, you know, welcomed by the respective major four sports, the individual teams. Um, and oh, so they're already there. Yeah. That's what I mean. So it's, it's, yeah. it's just, it's just happening. Uh, and honestly, depending on the day, you know, like I said, the, the nugget was just acquired the other day and effectively what the golden nugget was saying is like, Hey, we don't want to be left behind. We want to be at the forefront of everything going on. So yep. it's just very interesting what's going on in the field. James says we're the best show on the internet on Wednesday. I'm not sure how to take that. Well, listen, Wednesday is one seventh okay. of the week. Best so show I'm a numbers guy. It's about 14 and a half percent. Lou, if we can only rule 14 and a half percent of the internet and we're the best show on that, I'll take it. At least he didn't say the best show on Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. That would have been a little bit more, you know. Specific, yeah. A little overly specific. We'll we'll, we'll take it, Lou. Thanks, Um, James. Absolutely. Uh, So, hey, what's up, Raina? Um, My sister, Raina Lynn, is coming into town with her two boys uh, later this week. And it is her birthday. I haven't seen my sister in approximately five years and change for a variety of reasons. But her uh, and her husband, or her husband's in the military, and so they've moved around quite a bit. Um, and then COVID hit and of course couldn't, you know, go anywhere and we were planning a big trip. And so, um, anyway, I'm, uh, super excited for, uh, you know, Raina Lynn to, uh, be joining, you know, myself and my sister and our family, uh, just a couple of days. Donald was so sorry for your loss. Thanks for coming back. We appreciate it. It's good to have you back. We missed you. Yep. Donald, I'm happy that you're back. I am sad to, uh, hear about that news. Uh, my, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to your family. Um, Boy, I have, I have Troy fooled two most knowledgeable guys in the business. It's because Leighton's knowledgeable enough for both of us. It has nothing to do with my level of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the uh, the kind words there, Lou. Um, uh, so speaking of, uh, you know, casinos and such, uh, my wife and I had a date night the other night where we got grandma and grandpa to watch Crosby, but it wasn't that hard. You know, I'm sure they shoved tons of candy down his throat and watched movies galore and stayed up late. Yep. But uh, we hadn't been to the Borgata, Sam, and I couldn't even tell you how long. And once again... Not getting political here, not saying what's right or what's wrong. Julie and I are both vaccinated. So yep. we went in there. We wore our masks, other than, of course, when we ate dinner. Uh, we ate at a place called Izakaya, which is like a wonderful Asian fusion place. So usually at the end of a meal, Kristen, like you order dessert, right? So the guy comes over. He's like, you want anything else? I'm like, well, hold on a second. I'm like, honey, we're not going to do dessert, right? You know, she's a little better. No problem. I'm like, listen, we're going to take another order of the Korean barbecue. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, we're not getting dessert. And the food's amazing. Let's, you know, uh, re-up. So literally, I had more food for dessert. Um, And I happened to have some drink specials, Lou. We got a little lucky. So we'll take that. What's up, Andy? What, like like special regular drinks? Or did they have a cocktail list? Because I I love it. Well, they had like a cocktail list, which... If you ordered, I'm making it up, but whatever specialty drink Julie and I ordered would have been like $20 each at Nobu, and it was 7 bucks. So when we got the final wow. bill, we thought we drank a bunch, and we did, but it was $7 <laughs> special drinks, which is great. What do you drink? Wait, we haven't, we haven't... Uh, I generally drink Kettle on the Rocks with a splash <laughs> of Sprite and Lime. Right. Um, I got some cocktail that was a little bit different uh, than usual because Julie basically said, hey, let's get something special. We, we shared, we this, we that. Lou, let me just tell you the next drink I had was my regular. Okay. So, you know, I tested, I confirmed that it wasn't for me, but I did finish it. Yeah. And I moved on. 
Yeah, because those cocktail menus, you take a look at the drinks and the stuff that's in them, and you don't know what half of the stuff is. Well, that's the, that's the thing. So you're basically yeah. just taking a shot. But, you know, it worked out. We uh, we played some poker. Um, I think I lost 20 bucks. Julie, I think, lost a few bucks. But then Julie ended up making a bunch of money at Blackjack. Yep. And what's really funny is she sits there with the card. She has no shame. She doesn't remember the rules. She doesn't <laughs> care if she's slow. She, like, tells people when she sits down. She's yep. like, hi, I'm Julie. I don't really know how to play blackjack that well. And if you have a problem, let me know. I won't sit down. I have my card. Yep. Uh, so she won like 250 bucks. She was thrilled. <laughs> Good for her. Well, of course, I asked, you know, like about the dinner arrangement, seeing as how I paid for dinner. Yep. Like what happens? I don't know. Dinner's still on me. <laughs> that 250 is going home with Julie. <laughs> that's a pair of shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or even at least one shoe, depending on what, you know, where you shop, I guess. Right. Half a pair of shoes. Yeah, it was great. So anyway, uh, it was really nice to, to get out with her and such. Um, got a bunch of stuff to go over here uh, today. Um, wanted to throw something out there uh, twofold in terms of trade night. So one is, Lou, I'm thinking that let's get some momentum. Let's post some stuff on Layton's Loft yep. starting after the show today. We'd like to have a few people join us on the show next week, uh, whether it be in the chat or actually as a guest. Yep. We'd like them to bring some cards that they're either willing to sell outright or to trade um, and have them be cards that like you're basically willing to get rid of. In other words, don't bring mm -hmm. your grail. Don't bring the card yeah. that, you know, you've hung on to for 37 years. You know, we're talking about your extras, your dupes. Uh, you we know, don't want to pull nature. teeth here, right? We don't want to pull teeth. We want. Yeah, listen, we want to have a you willing to move. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so if you can, folks, get ready. That'll be next Wednesday on Layton's Loft. We're going to have a few of you on if you'd like. Uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun. What's up, Bobby? Uh, and so next, Lou, a little bit of a, a bigger trade night idea is um you know the team and i have been discussing you know ever since the national uh the national was great but we were thoroughly impressed with a number of things that happened outside the national one of them being uh, a number of different trade nights that happened throughout the week yeah. uh and so we realized that um you know not everyone could make the national and seeing as how atlantic city isn't really in, like another 11 months like what were we going to do to try to get something going and so i've been to a number of different trade nights at my friend Mark's place, uh, Bleaker Trading yep. in New York City. It's great. Uh, it's more of like a social club. Um, and so what we're thinking about doing here, Lou, is uh, sometime in October, I can, ask, I can ask Ken for the date, but we're thinking about doing something early to mid-October where we're going to set up at the Hyatt uh, downtown in New Brunswick. And the reason why we're going to do it not in our office, Lou, um, the staff uh, and, and I were talking, we're likely not going to have enough room yeah. if it's well attended. And so it would really be kind of, you know, crappy if you come to trade night and you'll actually travel hours right. or even fly in. And we're like, well, we have too many people. Can you come back in an hour and a half? Yeah, um, I mean, you even got to move J5 around. So, you know, yes, you exactly. a bunch of people. So we're trying to figure out is if folks would be interested in coming down to lovely New Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> Newark Airport is about 30 minutes from here. Uh, we don't expect too many people to fly in. But what we're trying to find out is if there'll be enough interest for us to have it at the Hyatt and schedule something for October. So drop um, some comments in the chat. Uh, hit me up via email, Layton at justcollect.com. Love to hear from you. And it'd be awesome if we could put something like that together. Brad H is in. Excellent. Yep. Um, all right. So uh, a couple other news and notes here um, in our new format, which we just started last week uh, in terms of Layton's loft and the prizes, we are now going to give away one, um, cool, interesting, valuable prize every week. Um, and the main reason is very candidly, it is a lot easier for us to <laughs> ask a trivia question at the end of the show 
i.e. the beginning of uh, the Vintage Break stream, following Leighton's Loft. Um, and the reason is, is that we needed someone literally for the last almost year and a half, two years between the PSA Vintage Break show and then Leighton's Loft show. Um, and the staff's been great, but we're growing as a company so much so that uh, J5 might be getting his own office soon. Um, uh, <laughs> well, that's embellishing it a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, he doesn't even ask me. He just goes, I'm going to take this and I'm putting him on the spot. There was no asking. He goes, late, we're out of room. Uh, I don't know what you want to do. And I'm like, well, you know, we could have a second level. We'll just build up. Uh, That's what I asked him. I asked him if he moved up a floor or two. He said he had to move. And I said, you going up a floor? It's lateral, baby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, speaking of hiring, though, really cool that over the last few weeks since the National, we've been including uh, something about hiring and growing our team here at Vintage Breaks. Um, And we have our first interview uh, from that email uh, this afternoon after the lot. So we're super excited about that. Yeah, excellent. So again, I want to remind everybody, if you're watching on Vintage Breaks YouTube or Vintage Breaks Facebook, you com- I can't show you comments here. If you want comments that you want shown on the air, you have to go over to the Layton's Law Facebook page or the Just Collect Facebook page. Uh, we'll just cut it down to one stream on Vintage Breaks so you guys can hang on and just watch the breaking after we get through Layton's Law. So that, that's the reason for that. But we'll change things up a little bit. Not keeping track of comments because it takes a full-time person on the show to do that because you guys are very... Uh, participatory and we love that so it's a trivia question that uh, we'll give out and i've already given the trivia question to j5 so great thanks for that lou and so today's prize is going to be a spot in one of the hottest baseball products from 2018 it's going to be a free spot sam in our 2018 sapphire baseball box as everyone knows otani's on fire i know acuna's hurt um and glaber's a little down a little bit but nonetheless you potentially get ozzy albies um, regular rookies of those players and then autographs and parallels and such. Uh, so um, check it out. It's at vintagebreaks.com if you want to buy a spot. But if you want to try to win a spot, stick around t- till the end of the show today and you'll have a chance to win a free spot in that break if you answer the trivia question correctly first. You want me to tease the trivia question? It's Absolutely, height- Lou. It's yeah. Height- it's height-related. Height-related. Height-related, yes. So speaking of height, Yes. I had a very cool photo, uh, signed photo in my collection. I sold it several years ago at this point um, just because it was it was worth a bunch of money. And I don't know, I, I, it wasn't attached to it anymore. But I actually had, uh, for the longest time, Robert Wadlow was the world's tallest man. Yep. Um, and I had, I, I bet you I could find the image of it because I save all the images of this the stuff I love that I've sold in the past. Um, so, Chef, um, and um, I saved an image of that, Lou. It's like an image of Robert Wadlow with like a regular average Joe of the period. Yeah, he's uh, got next to each other. On, suspenders on a bow tie, right? He's got a, a something like that, and it was it was signed. It was it was great. Um, no, that's so not a chef. No, the answer is not giraffe or Robert Wadlow. No, but nonetheless, it is involving height, and that's all that Luke can say at the moment. <laughs> so stay tuned for that, um, folks. A couple other news and notes uh, in regards to shows and trade nights and such. Um, we are going to be set up as Just Collect and Vintage Breaks at the September Philadelphia Valley Ford Show. We'll be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, breaking all weekend. What's really cool is um, when we sign off on Friday and Saturday night, Chris Gilmore, Vintage Break South, will pick up. So we'll have a lot of breaking that weekend. Um, we're looking forward to that uh, and hopefully meeting uh, a bunch of you in person, uh, as we've met several of you in person before at that show. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a number of shows coming up over the next, I'd say, 45 days. East Coast National um, Industry Summit in Las Vegas. Uh, there's a new show in Tampa, Florida. 
And between all the things I have to catch up on and taxes, which are due September 15th for businesses that have filed an extension, uh, I have filed an extension. Um, so I'm going to be very busy. I'm hoping to make a last minute appearance at the industry summit. I'm hoping to go out for a day, uh, one of the two days at the East Coast National Buy. So if you'll be there, look for me. I'll be walking around buying. Um, but the next show we'll likely set up at will be the September Valley Forge Philadelphia show, which is always a good one. September 15th, not October? Uh, October. Let me look up the Philly show right now, Lou. No, I meant the extension tax. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, you know, the, the extension for business is September. Because it was due March, and it gets six months. So April, May, June, July, August, September. Yep. The Philly show is going to be... Craig says time for another $200 haircut. Yeah. Which, oh, my God. No, we aren't going to do any of those. That's did crazy. $200 cover that haircut? It was a little more than that, wasn't it? It was... With the tip. With the tip? I bet you it was over 200 Yeah. Uh, it was extremely offensive. Very lovely place. They had the music going, and like you know the oil's burning, and everything smelled nice. <laughs> but, man, once you hit the street... You're like, I just spent 200 on a haircut. Oh. Like, I hope I can get on a commercial or do something right away to make yep. use of it. <laughs> um, so September of Philly uh, Valley Ford show is going to be the 24th to the 26th. If you come down that Thursday night or Friday night or Saturday night and don't come for the show, you're still welcome to join the team. Sam, myself, and J5 uh, will be at the craps table. Thank you very much. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, J5 yeah. just raised his hand. Wasn't paying attention at all, but he just... I'm <laughs> he heard craps and he went up. <laughs> Sam apparently has been um, supplementing his income by offering uh, lessons. Uh, him and Nikki V, who's a good buddy of ours down in the Philadelphia area, is getting craps lessons. Apparently, craps lessons. Yeah, I didn't know that. I could use some. If Sam wants to do a podcast on craps lessons, that would be. Um, Bobby uh, from Canada is asking if we're going to be coming to Sports Card Expo in Toronto in November. I'm hoping to go with my buddy Justin, but it does certainly depend on what's going on with restrictions and COVID in the world and. Yep. What the government tells me we can, can cannot do. Uh, so we'll see. And who knows um, where we all are in, at that time. Yes. So I've been listening to a lot of content uh, over the last few days when, let's say, you know, grandma's playing some three and a half hour Scrabble game with my wife and grandpa. You know, they're like, do you want to play? I'm like kind of looking at my wife. Do I have to? <laughs> um, and so I played last night, by the way. It ended at something one in the morning. Yeah. And I almost said mercy. And like her, her mom was like, I'm the win. I'm like, all right, Terry, I can see you want to win. We're going to, we're going to make this happen. I'm going to finish. I, I hadn't played Scrabble in years. So like, I didn't remember you have to wait until not only there's no letters in the bag left, but yep. you have to wait until they're all used. Yes. I'm like, guys, I'm going to go to work tomorrow, <laughs> you know, uh, but they didn't seem to be interested. Um, but Terry, congratulations on your victory. I know you're excited. <laughs> um, so um, anyway, I have been listening to a bunch of podcasts. Uh, shout out to Luca tiger nation podcast if i'm getting it right it's cage and goldberg um specifically they've had a bunch of uh recaps from the national which i really enjoyed um and i want to talk about some of that today uh here on layton's loft uh before i do um i wanted to uh remind everyone it was going to be this week but because i was on a family vacation of course forgot uh, we'll be starting um trading card therapy or tct for short Next Tuesday at 12.30 Eastern Time in the afternoon, uh, we'll be 30 minutes, and we'll be doing that show just before Chris Gilmore and Vintage Breaks South goes live on Tuesdays. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Very Charles, if we make it out to Vegas, I'll let you know. <laughs> it's going to be a very intense look at the hobby, right? Just, you know, we have a lot of fun here, and we exchange, and we communicate with each other a lot. 
but it's going to be a distilled insights on the hobby. Yes, it's going to be a little bit more like I think that, you know, if you're a casual fan of the hobby, they'll both be good for you, but you may enjoy the lofts more. If you're more entrenched in the hobby and you're looking for, I don't know, what did I buy from that show? Why did I buy it? What am I paying? What did I, you know, um, pick up uh, recently and anything of that nature? Why did I pay $100 today on DraftKings for a Tom Brady NFT? Yeah, listen, exactly. Uh, yep. Panini's coming out with NFTs now on tops. I did hear, um, uh, we could we could spend the whole show on this, but I heard a bunch of really good discussions uh, through some of the content I consumed the last few days about NFTs. And specifically, Sam, and I know you'll, I don't know if you'll enjoy this because I know you're a fan of Top Shot, but in general, the criticism, and I've kind of long thought the same, but I haven't paid close enough attention, so I don't want to really comment about it publicly. But, you know, whether it be it's um, Top Shot or even Panini, you know, the issue is just simply supply and demand. And so, you know, the problem is like LeBron James is going to dunk the ball a lot over the course of a season. He's going to have a lot of assists. So how many of those moments, and I'm talking top shot right now, are really going to be those iconic, like I want to keep them? Like probably not that many, but yet there's tons of moments and it just makes sense like why they would drop most of them in price when there's a huge supply. There's not the same demand that there was even months ago. And that supply can continue to go up, you know, so unless they cut it off at the knees, which they're not going to. Um, and so then I heard a little bit more about Panini and Topps attempts at NFTs and a little bit more of, hey, you know, they're numbering and there's only going to be 15 jaws and this and that. And so like, that's a little bit more of, hey, you know, if you're someone who comes into this hobby, whether it be for the physical, for the digital, it's still about supply and demand. And so the reality of it is, if you can produce a ton of NFTs right now, and I think Gary said it best, like the demand of uh, the demand for NFTs is absolutely way slower than the supplies coming out. And so it's like very simple for modern baseball cards or basketball. If Panini was producing all the stuff and no one wanted to buy it, what do you think is going to happen to the prices? They're going to drop like a rock. But the, the Panini and the Tops and even the NBA, that kind of makes sense. And I guess DraftKings does to an extent. But there, it's the Wild West in terms of the market for NFTs. You're getting NFTs from individual players, uh, from you know just all kinds of different spaces. If Tops puts one out, I think I put a little more credibility into that than if one an individual NBA player puts one out or a retired player especially. They seem to be coming from everywhere. Well, that's that's the point about supply, Lou. Yeah. So they may be better from Tops. They may be better from Panini because you're comfortable with the brand name behind it. But the reality of it is, what if the ones that are individually issued by Tom Brady are just cooler? Yeah. Like the, the point is that there's a huge amount of supply. There's not the same amount of demand that's going to match it. And to be honest with you, what's scary about the market is the way you just described it, Lou. If there's even a small increase in demand, Every player, current and past, will be urged by their agents, Lou, um, to issue NFTs. I believe teams will get in the game. And so the point is, there's going to be a deluge of supply of NFTs over the coming months and years. And there's absolutely not going to be the demand to match it unless I'm missing something. Now, if someone can tie together the way that Gary Vee did with V's friends, he limited the amount of NFTs, he's tying it to these exclusive conferences, like you have a fighting chance, but Gary specifically doesn't need the money and he's trying to create value. I can't say the same, Lou, for 
a lot of the other folks who are in the NFT space. Yeah. I'm just wondering how Tom Brady issues an NFT without paying off the NFL, not the individual teams, it would be the NFL in general. I'm wondering what he can produce without some sort of VIG to the NFL. Of course, the NBA does it. But, you know, and what's going on with Tom Brady anyway? He's doing subway commercials. They're worth a billion dollars, him and his wife. Pretty damn close to a billion dollars. He needs the extra money. You know, I don't know much about that world, Lou. Um, it does seem that uh, some of it comes from the player and some of it comes from the agent or the agency that they work with. Yeah. And so I'm making it up. It is possible that Tom Brady has signed some sort of deal where he has to do eight different engagements over the course of time. And that might just be, you know, once again, this is all hearsay, but I agree with you. He certainly doesn't need the money, but there's a lot of people that, you know, quote unquote, in the media and the sports world that don't need the money. And yet you see their mug on a variety of different products or services. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes I think it's, it's as, as straightforward as, hey, you can never have enough money, I guess, to a lot of people. Yeah, and then to other people, it could just be contractual. Yeah. Um, you know, you could see the difference at the national some of the athletes who contracted Lou to sign 200 pieces, they had someone clicking literally a thing there, like an ump. If they hit 201, they literally put the pen down, they walked out, like dropped the mic, like I'm out of here. Yep. You know, and there's other people that have no assistant. There's no counter. Oh, the little kid's 17 minutes late. Get him in. We'll sign for him. You know, so you just never know, Lou. I'm just interested this whole thing. And we talked about it a little bit when we talked about fractional shares of cards. The whole the whole thing about cards is tangibly having the cards. I always wonder about the value unless you just do it. Obviously, it's just an investment for most people because there is no um, there doesn't seem to be any visceral satisfaction to owning a computer file, basically, is what you own. I mean, for some people, it is. I don't want to judge. You know, I yeah. see people now over the last few days. I'm not exaggerating. I own I don't own this, but this is what they're saying. I'm proud to own. 0.0001% of a Michael Jordan PSA 10. I'm like, I'm not here to judge. If that's your thing, man, if that's your bag, like God bless. That's not going to be me. Even yep. if I did own it, it would be more for investment. Like, hey, honey, I spent, I'm making it up $10,000 on fractional shares because I think I bought it well for us. But I wouldn't go on social media and explain to people I'm really pumped because I just bought 0.001 of a Babe Ruth rookie. Yep. Um, doesn't mean that it's wrong. Right. Uh, it's just a way to collect if you're not going to be able to own that card and to share it off and show it off to people. Um, you know, I see, uh, on my wife's side, um, you know, she's got some younger cousins where, you know, something happens at an event and I'm making it up. They're giving out something free. Someone famous is signing an autograph. They don't care about either one of those. You know what they care about? The selfie with that particular individual or star so they can put it on social media right away after that's the currency, man. That's what's worth money to them. And who are we to say that it's wrong? It's just just different for for different you know different folks. As long as there's a market, right? Absolutely. Hey, what's up, Paul? Um, some people are still lost in Vegas. I understand, Monty. Um, <laughs> hey, Ken. In terms of trading card therapy, I know we're going to have our own uh, Facebook page. Where will folks be able to watch us next Tuesday? So it'll be on the the VB regular stream, regular stream, and they'll be able to watch the stream afterwards. Right. And then uh, as far as the audio podcast, it'll be everywhere. Spotify, Apple Great. Podcasts, Google, all that. Great. So, Lou, folks can watch Trading Card Therapy on Tuesdays with us uh, right here on the Vintage Break stream on YouTube. But then also a few days afterwards, I believe on Fridays, you said, Ken, we're going to release it? Yes. 
on by Friday, we're going to release the audio component um, mm -hmm. of the uh, podcast trading card therapy. The doctor is in. We're going to be teasing it later this week. We have our logo and everything. We're super pumped. What's nice. up, Logan? Uh, another thing I wanted to cover, Lou, um, I sometimes assume people know what we're paying or what we're the rates that we're buying at, but um, I've realized that some folks, just because of the content I've consumed over the last few days, like they they some, they think some dealers pay like pennies on the dollar, you know, for yeah. stuff. And so I just wanted right. to uh, clarify um, something in regards to the Just Collect buy prices. Um, obviously, Vintage Breaks buys wax. We do buy some singles here at Vintage Breaks, um, but Just Collect generally handles the bulk of the the vintage side of things, um, you know, here in the baseball card world in Somerset, New Jersey, less than a mile from Rutgers College campus. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, in regards to the kinds of product we buy, we'll put aside wax for a minute, Lou, but for ungraded cards and graded cards, which are the two things that we're contacted the most with, um, I want to discuss with everyone the general rates that either myself, J5 or Sam or someone else from the team will tell people over the phone. Um, and obviously, Lou, just because we share it with you over the phone, you yep. still have to see it in person. We explain to people, like, the deal's not done until we get it, we verify it. Or to be right. fair, you come in person, you meet with us, whatever the case may be. Um, so, Lou, for ungraded cards, you know, those that are not graded by any grading company and that are just, quote, unquote, raw, um, we generally pay between 50 to 60% of what we think they're worth. Um, and so, for example, if you have $1,000 worth of ungraded cards, and their cards that we want. So right. to be very clear, we had a big sign out at the national. I saw, I, I saw, I heard people discussing this on on the various podcasts. It's interesting. Some people I feel have this misnomer, Sam, that if you put up a buying sign at, for example, the national, that you're buying everything. Right. I know for us, our flyer absolutely does not say we're buying everything. It specifically says we're looking for. But I get how if you see a big sign behind a booth sure. and they're buying, like they should be buying everything. So the percentages that I'm quoting are for things that we're interested in. Now, you might say, well, wait, do you pay less for the things that you're not interested in? Believe it or not, no, but hmm. we just don't buy them. Yeah, right. And I'll tell you the reason is just my fucking experience. And pardon <laughs> me being so blunt. But I'll tell you, Lou, what I've learned all these years is if I don't want it, I don't want it for less money either. Right. It just doesn't fit my wheelhouse. I don't mean it's not, it's worthless. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Folks generally, at least on the on the collector side, have a very hard time understanding how much actual labor goes into, especially on the ungraded, like what we have to do to turn a thousand dollars of ungraded cards really into a thousand bucks. Right. We generally don't like buying them. We'll buy them if it's a community member. We'll buy them if we've done business before from you. We'll buy them certainly if they're Gaudis, they're 06s or 52s. But I've had people come to me with like 70s and 80s cards and they'll have a 79 Ozzy Smith that's like, you know, XOC. They'll have a third Yuriki Henderson and they're like, my stuff's worth at least 500 bucks. I'm like, no, listen, this is great stuff. Um, you know, I'll look at it very quickly. And like, so you're interested. I said, well, here's the thing. It's not for me. Right. And they're like, but you're buying. I said, you're absolutely right. We are buying. And I just hand them the sheet. They're like, but but you're looking at the sign. I'm like, no, 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 listen. <laughs> That's like looking at a billboard when you're driving down the highway, right? Like you're trying to get someone's attention. So um, I just want to be clear with folks, not just us, but in general, find folks that you're comfortable with when you're selling 
and find out what they buy and buy well. So like we've had people come in, Lou, we'll just call it balance of collection. And they'll say to me, oh, come on, man, isn't that worth whatever? I'm like, yes, it is. So they're like, give me half. And I said, no, here's the deal. Yeah. My offer of making it up is of a thousand bucks is for all this stuff. I don't really care if you leave the other stuff in our warehouse or not. If you'd like to look at it as like, we're helping you clean up. Awesome. If you think that we're getting one over on you and you want to take this stuff and your significant other at home is happy to have it back in your home, you should take it home because we're actually not paying you anything for it. Yep. So that's what I mean, Lou, in terms of buying. We're paying 50 to 60% for ungraded vintage. Um, we don't really buy a lot of ungraded modern. We do, but it's generally vintage. Um, but we're not buying all of it. You know, We're buying the cards that we feel like we have a market for and is cost effective for us to sell. So this may sound crazy, Lou, but if you come to us with 3,700 cards and every single one of them is in a snap tight, I'm definitely going to be leaning towards 50%. I might even have to pay a little bit less. And I'll let you know that the labor cost on this deal is going to be way high for me. You think I'm crazy? You don't agree? Totally no problem. But we just try to explain to people where our rationale and our offers come from. Um, and we're talking about grade in a minute. But I thought it was relevant to discuss. And it's about the characteristics of your business because I, I think people understand as inaccurate as that concept may be to them at a time. They understand margin. They understand buying price and selling price. But they don't understand time. And they don't, you know, the time it takes you to turn something around, especially with your inventory time, you know, it's cliche, but time is money. And a, a dollar in hand is worth much more than a dollar six months from now. Plus, you don't know where the, if that thing's going to stay in your inventory for six months, you don't know where the market's going to be on that. You negotiated a deal in market X and it's market Y six, you know, six months from now. Lou, you got to roll here anytime you want to come down to Jurors, bud. Um, you, you know, really, you nailed it. So what folks don't, really grasp is what you're describing is that's just one transaction. What if I spend thousands or tens of thousands of dollars over the course of that day, over the course of that week, like only one ungraded collection can get processed by our team at a time. You might say, well, Leighton, aren't you built for scale? Sure. We're not built for scale to process ungraded collections. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't really know of many baseball card dealers in the country that are built for scale to buy ungraded vintage collections um, meaning to lay out, forget about tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, Lou, and then I don't know when I'm going to sell them. Right. So the nice thing about graded cards is they're not only a lot more liquid, but if you don't have time to sell them for your, sell them yourself, there's great options out there like a Probstein or PWCC in the eBay world. In the auction house world, there's REA, there's Heritage, there's Golden. So there's a lot of options. But the moment you tell them, like if I call REA after this, they love hearing from me. Right. But if I tell them that, I have tens of thousands of dollars of ungraded. I can literally feel the twitch in their eyes on the phone <laughs> because yeah. like they don't really want that. They prefer to have the things that are easier for them to sell and deal with. Same it's business the same thing for, for us. Same business for them. Turn it around quickly. They're not, they don't want to sit on inventory for six months. Absolutely. Do you want to go to car graded? Or do you want to take our guest? Oh, let's just finish up graded and then we'll have our guests. We have plenty of time to cruise. Sure. Um, so just on the graded front, I didn't realize it was uh, uh, eight after five, Lou. Um, so on the graded front, Lou, we're generally paying 70 to 80% uh, of value. Mm -hmm. And the same thing I would say about ungraded, there's always exceptions. So J5 knows if he gets something in and I'm really going to like it, you could throw that 70 to 80% out the window. <laughs> I might pay 95%. Yep. But also understand using the 100% as the basis about what it's worth. Like if I think something's a thousand bucks and I pay 
not just 70, 80% for it, but I pay 900. Yep. You can bet your bottom dollar, probably not flipping it for a thousand unless right. it's very easy to buy again for 900. So my point is I might price something at 120% of market because I believe in the long-term um, uh, um, prospects of that, you know, value prospects, whatever the case may be. Um, and I say this to people all the time, how easily can I rebuy it? Not that I'm like trying to rebuy and restock, but folks will always point out, and then we'll get to our guest. Um, hey, the last one, the comp sold for such and such. Sure. Yeah. So the comp was $173, but the cheapest one I can buy now on eBay is 500 right. Not telling you it's worth 500 but sorry, bud, you missed the boat buying it for 173 and it's not a perfect market. So what's it you know, worth? Somewhere between 173 and 500 That's the way that I look at it. And if you want to wait as the collector, then you be steadfast and you, and you have patience. But if you're someone who wants to buy it right away, then you're going to have to pay up for it. And, and so, you know, what I find is in a market that's continually not just appreciating in terms of value, but there's a lot more folks coming in. Lou, if I think something's good and I like it, I generally have pretty good taste with the stuff. Like someone else is going to like it too at some right. point. And it's a supply and demand like any economic market. But the thing with baseball cards, I would imagine, or cards in general, I would imagine, is that the market supply can change rather drastically. In other words, a card goes off the market. There might only be one or two examples uh, left that are available for sale at all at this point. Yes. 100% true, Lou. So like I said, we could probably spend more time on it. We could talk about it next week. Um, but I wanted to bring in our guest and uh, get down to it. All right, Gary, welcome to the program. You're on with Leighton and Lou. Hi, Leighton and Lou. Thanks for having me. Hey, Gary, how are you today? Doing good. So why don't you introduce yourself to our community? Um, tell everyone about your collecting prowess and your website. <laughs> yeah, my name is Gary Cherokuri. So I'm the classic case of collecting cards as a little kid. I started collecting baseball cards as a seven-year-old. And I kept on collecting through until college, where was, which was the height of the junk wax era, which was like the early 90s. And then I gave up collecting. And I gave up collecting for years and years and years. And I'm the classic case of getting back in the hobby last year, right about this time. So this about this time, I have an investing background. So my day job is investing. And I heard about, I had some opportunities to actually invest in some card companies, card-related things. And I read, then I finally read about cards and I saw the big boom and everything. And I said, let me get back into this and figure out what's all going on. Because the main thing was, I quit right at the height of the junk wax era. And I thought cards would be worthless forever. You know, all those 80s and 90s cards. And I was very wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, Gary, have you uh, taken your renewed interest in collecting? Is there a place where folks can find your, if you will, travels and adventure on the web? Um, the main thing is I have a YouTube channel. Uh, if you look up vin vintage baseball card packs or I think, Lou, I think I gave you the link to it, the direct link in the chat or something like that. Um, okay, great. I'll get that posted up. Okay. And so what I do is I have on the channel, it's ma mainly content where I just open up packs, uh, baseball cards, vintage cards, uh, vintage cards, not quite as old as I hope to right now, but I, Hello, I'm Paul. hoping to welcome back to the channel. Oops. Today I'm going Oops. to, right. there you go. <laughs> no I was trying to find Gary on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I had it on autoplay, so sorry about that. No problem. Oh, that so, was me. 
<laughs> <laughs> so what I do is I open up packs just for myself. It's not breaking to sell or anything like oh, that, cool. just for myself. And I've done tops 1982 through 1992 so far. And I want to just basically catalog everything um, over time and just show all these cards. Um, so I've done tops 82 through 92. I've done Fleer and Donruss 81, mid 80s Fleer, things like that. And so I want to get older and maybe newer. I mean, it's not quite vintage, you know, mid 90s, early 2000s, but, you know, it's all great to see. Now, uh, Giri, give us some perspective as to why you took your journey and you put it on YouTube in particular. Um, what I wanted to do is just share things. And I wanted to just put myself out there. And I just thought I'd just do a few videos and see what happens. And I was surprised that a lot of people enjoyed it. And a lot of people enjoyed reminiscing. So that really got me going to keep doing it more and more. So. Um, and actually what I did was getting back into the hobby. I bought a 1976 pack of cards, opened them up and really enjoyed it. And that's before I got this YouTube idea. And so then I decided, let me start this out and give it a shot. That's great. Um, have you had folks, um, you know, had any requests? Like, do they want to see certain packs opened or... See you eat the old gum, for example. <laughs> <laughs> I do point out which packs have gum and which packs do not have gum. And I do not eat gum. So um, I haven't had any specific requests yet, but I was a little surprised. Uh, like a lot of this junk wax stuff in the 90, 91, 92 tops and Fleer and things like that, I was a little surprised that people actually like seeing it. You know, these cards aren't worth very much at all. Uh, but People really enjoyed reminiscing and seeing those things. And based on value, since they're not worth very much, what I do is I concentrate on Hall of Famers. I really like to collect Hall of Fame players. And there's a bunch of great Hall of Famers in the late 80s and early 90s. So I think that's a way of um, specializing a little bit. I do have to point out here that Leighton nearly killed Rico Petroselli with some old gum. Oh. <laughs> Live on the air with us. Please share the story, Lou. I don't know that Gary knows it. Uh, we, <laughs> we did uh, the Great American Collectible show together. Leighton was the guest. I was producing the show at the time uh, with Rico in the studio, and Leighton came up to the area and was visiting. And uh, I don't know how we got a pack in there and got a pack. You brought a pack to break, right? We did. Yeah, I just brought a pack to break. It's like breaking bread, you know, like yeah. you're packing a beer, like, you know, but when, you, when you're in ball cards, you break a pack together. Yeah, so Leighton challenged Rico to eat it, and Rico's just that kind of guy. He would, and he yeah. did, and he nearly died. He, I, I thought we were really, literally going to have a death on the air. Gary, we were uh, in the middle of the show. He consumed yeah. the gum. No one pressured him. No one offered him any money. Nope. Yeah. And he got up live in the middle of the show like like he was about to yak oh. and ran in the bathroom. I'll yeah. be honest. I was a little no, he ran how to long my, it took him to He ran to back. my seat. He ran to the basket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that great. Um yeah. but I think I've actually seen people eat that gum and survive. They actually do eat that well, gum. Well, thankfully they survived because we have our very own John Kenny sitting here and he eats old gum, you know, like it's a delicacy. Uh <laughs> whereas for me, Gary, I'm in your department, you know, your camp. I don't really eat it, although I did save a pack. Um I did save the gum from a pack from 1969 that we opened in the national. Yeah. And folks wanted us to eat it. And I said, you know, I haven't eaten it yet, uh, any old gum. But I am considering doing something where we're going to, you know, advertise and such, do something for charity 
where, you know, we're all going to eat some old gum, um, you know, let's say, and, and pick our favorite charity, uh, you know, to sponsor and such. I think, I think there's, there's some validity to do it like that, but other than that, yeah. man, you're not going to get me to eat gum <laughs> like that. Sorry. And I have not done it either. So don't, we should have made that a requirement today for you. Cause I have a little <laughs> gift for you here, Gary, but I should say, hey, the only way we're going to give this to you is if you eat some old gum on the air beforehand, but I don't want to torture you. Um, well, I I did go to the National, and I had a great time at the National, and so I picked up a lot of packs. So I do have packs with gums that, gum in them right now. So That's great. Now, what's the next big pack you're going to open on your channel? Um, actually, nothing that great, but mid-80s Donruss, mid-80s Fleer. Um, so I opened up 81 Fleer, 81 Donruss. And I have like 84, 85, 86 Fleer, 84, 85, 86 Donruss, that type of thing. That's so I want, So I want to complete the streak at um, 81 Fleer and Donruss all the way through. When did they stop? Like middle, I mean, Donruss is still going. Fleer stopped in the mid 90s, I think, 90s. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So if I could get every single pack of those. And the other thing is, I'm also opening up all the varieties of packs. We got cello packs, we got rack packs, we got wax packs. So all of that type of stuff. So everything will be on there eventually. That's great. And um, uh, in terms of sports, is it just baseball or are you going to expand to other sports as well? Uh, just baseball. Uh, I collected baseball cards as a kid. And then now when I got back into the hobby, I started looking at basketball and football and they're hot and everything, but really just can't get into basketball or football. So I'm just sticking with baseball. So That's cool. Um, so please answer for me, uh, Gary, because I love the fact that you're very down to earth and this is not your primary way of making yeah. a living. Um, it seems to me that you really just did it purely because you're trying to reminisce uh, and bring back some of the nostalgia that you missed from collecting as a kid. And you're basically sharing that with the public. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, reminisce and, and the sharing point. And then uh, I love seeing all the comments on the channel and what people say about the cards. Uh, mostly it's, been pretty positive so that's good too so i really really appreciate everyone who comments on my videos you know it's funny i like how you said very subtly mostly been pretty positive so the thing <laughs> is here at vintage breaks i yes. appreciate you laughing so if you throw yourself out there and you already know yeah. this gary on youtube yeah. on facebook on yeah. anything at all if you're someone who has very thin skin believe <laughs> yeah. me there'll be someone out there that's going to say <laughs> You got a big nose. You have an ugly nose. You got too. Mm. Your eyes are too big. They're too small. You're ugly. You're too ugly. You're too pretty. You're like. There's no doubt there'll be something that someone has a problem with. So it sounds like you're very comfortable, you know, doing what you're doing. And um, I just want to clarify. Yeah. You're not doing this for money, right? No. You're not getting. I mean, you know, I looked. You know, you have about four or five hundred subscribers, so you're probably yeah. not, you know, getting paid by YouTube. Meaning no. you're purely doing this for the love of your baseball card collecting that you did when you were a kid and effectively yeah. you're sharing it with, with today's audience. Yeah, exactly. So I basically like some of the negative comments is when I open up a blaster box or a blaster pack or a hobby box or something like that, I set aside two or three packs for myself because I just want to keep them for my, I have a wax packs, wax pack collection also. Oh, and then, well, now you're talking. See, you didn't <laughs> share that at the beginning. So do you have a rule, for example, Gary, if you open a pack, do you want to have that same pack in your collection or no? Exactly. I try to buy two or three packs of everything that, that I buy. So three is ideal, I think. One one to open up on the channel and keep a couple just in my collection. So in this past year, I've been collecting a lot that way. 
And then now in the modern stuff, we got retail packs, we got hobby packs, we got all sorts of stuff going on. So, um, so there's a lot of stuff to collect. So when I ask you what your most exciting pull was, what comes to mind? Um, nothing that big. I haven't been that lucky yet. <laughs> so <laughs> I got 83 tops at the national. So I'm hoping to open that up soon, soon again. And, and if I can get a Sandberg Boggs or, um, win rookie, I'd be very happy. Um, and a 1980 tops would be nice to buy. I haven't done 80 tops on the channel yet. So obviously Ricky Henderson rookie would be something. So. So if you had to say what's your most desired baseball pack at the moment, what is mm -hmm. it that you want to get next? Um, I would say in some, well, how about a 1952 tops? Well, let's just go for it. <laughs> I'm thinking he's going to say like, you know, 78, 71. Like, oh, let's just choose a pack that's worth at least 50,000. Let's do yeah, that. I think I saw it for more than that. I actually saw a 1952 Tops wax pack at a dealer at the National, and I couldn't believe what I was looking at. So Yeah, I know. It's pretty unbelievable. And by the way, don't eat the gum. Yes. <laughs> no. no, I mean, I, I would say probably 1980 would be great. 1980 with the Ricky Henderson in it, uh, that, that would be great. And and I first started collecting cards in 1978. So something in the 70s and 1980 is where I really want to go. I want to go back into the 70s. So, Well, what if I did this for you, Gary? Aguirre? What if I said to you in our closing comments, because our show usually ends about 5.30 today, okay. that I have a particular gift selected for you. And my All question right. is, would you prefer that we ship it to you and you open it in your structure on your channel and give us a shout out or would you prefer me to open it here and ship you the contents of the pack and have mm -hmm. a new style of video for your channel either one is okay with us but i wanted to share with you what i have for you i have a 1979 tops baseball and what's uh, really snapped. cool is it's in between the two years you really want oh so yeah. started in 78 you're like <laughs> yeah. i kind of want an 80 i'm like well you know i don't know which one to give them i'm like let's just give them in between so 1979 Tops Baseball Pack is going to be a gift from us here at Vintage Breaks to you, Gary. Um, we sincerely appreciate not just you joining us today, but yeah. really like your, your I like your down-to-earth demeanor, how you're sharing your love of something that you had when you were younger with basically anyone and everyone who's interested on YouTube. You're not really caring about what they're saying to you. You're just enjoying it the way that you'd like. And I think that there's you know, a lot of innocence in that. And frankly, if there's a lot more people who did that in our hobby, yeah. we'd all be a lot better served, um, Geary. So you you tell us what you'd like uh, to do, but we're happy to do anything you'd like. We could ship it to you. We could open yeah. it right now and, and ship you the contents, but I will not under any circumstances eat the gum from that. <laughs> uh, thank you for those kind word, words. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my it. pleasure. Um, yeah, I'd love to open it up on my channel. Great. If you want to ship it to me, I'll yeah. open it up on the channel, give you a shout out, and then tell you when it's on and everything like that. And I actually have a 1979 Ozzy Smith that's way off center in a <laughs> in a in a screw down that I got when I was a little kid. Oh, and, are you kidding me? I don't know the screw downs. If the yeah. card was good enough for a screw down, man, you like that was a good day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I remember Geary like literally sitting at the table. My dad's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I got seven. I call them screw case cards." Yeah, I have seven screw case cards, and I'm not doing anything else until I put them away. Mm. And it was like a deposit for me in the bank. I would put it in my little Nike shoebox, 
I would go yeah. downstairs to my card closet. I was under lock and key. I took it very seriously. Did you yeah. ever have those decisive moments, Leighton, where you have seven screw down cases and you, this card comes and you want to put it in a screw down case, but you don't know which one to take out? Oh, yeah. you know what I would do then? I would tell I would tell my dad I have to go to the store. He'd be really <laughs> pissed. I mean, listen, Dad, I'm going to keep bothering you until you bring me, and we could just be, be done with it now, and I'll buy extra. Like, I have yep. some money. You know, I'm happy to buy extra, but I ran out. But, Lou, that's a great question. Uh, Gary, I don't know about you, but, like, if I had three extra cards, yeah, I wouldn't leave them. I would literally look at, like, and I would evaluate all of, like, the 52 cards that have in holders. And until yeah. I got my new holders, I take out the three worst ones, Lou, and I yep. put in the new, the three new entrants. No, I mean, yeah, but that requires the decision because you obviously like those cards. It was fun. Oh, listen, yeah. I loved, I loved, I really did. I loved, I loved every aspect of it. And then beyond that, screw downs. Then you, how do you put the cards in the binders? You know, what order do you put them in? Which pages? And then you have to resort them, things like that. Oh too. man, I uh, I stopped collecting the sets in the binders. You know, when I was younger. But I had three players I collected when I was growing up, Gary. I had Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and Donnie Baseball. What's up, Eddie? And so it would drive me wild. Like, I would get a card, like a rare insert from the middle of Manny's career. I'm like, I don't have a space for it. So, you know, I'd make myself yeah. nuts and then the double exactly. back. I'm glad I don't do that anymore. I can't, <laughs> I can't, my brain can't handle that. Exactly. Um, wow. Well, we sincerely appreciate you joining us. Uh, like I said, we're going to ship this out to you. Please connect with Lou and myself offline. So that we can yeah. get your shipping information. And we're looking forward to seeing you open this on your very own channel yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, let's I really do it so we can tell everybody. Yeah, awesome. I definitely will. Yep. I appreciate it. Thank you uh -oh. very much. We appreciate you joining us here, uh, Gary. And hopefully we'll see you soon in the Vintage Breaks chat. Have a great day today. All right. Thanks. There we go. Nice. That was fun. It's that always nice to see the, the different angles of people in the hobby. And when I met Gary, he came up to the show you know, if you didn't give him the time, you kind of think like, what's this guy? What does he want from me? Yeah. You know, but really he's just like, hey, I love cards. This is what I do. You want to check it out? You didn't ask me for anything. Um, and I thought like, hey, you want to be a guest on the show? It'd be kind of, you know, fun to share with people your story. Well, he's got the prerequisite, right? He's got the passion for this to the point where he just wants to do it just for the fun of doing it and just being part of the community, which we all appreciate here at Vintage Breaks. Yep, absolutely. Um, so as we are, uh, you know, closing up uh, today's show, uh, concluding... Um, couple news and notes. One, please let us know what you guys think about an October trade night. Uh, the team, Sam, will let you know, or J5, uh, what date we're thinking. But obviously, we want to do it if we can get a lot of folks interested and, and able to come out here. We know that you may not be able to, so we're going to try to do our best. Uh, two, don't forget, we'll be at that September Philadelphia Valley Ford show. You can check it out at phillyshow.com. Uh, um, three, if you have any questions about our bribe prices, our buy prices or what we're buying, please hit me up directly, Lou, if you don't mind dropping my email in there, Leighton at justcollect.com. Be happy to talk to you guys and correspond with you um, about that. And the last thing is, um, and it's funny because we're going to talk as a staff about this, but I thought it'd be fun to talk about on air first. Um, and I like doing this because I always like to see the reactions of the of the sea of folks here at the office. Um, <laughs> J5 just looked up like, wait a minute. Yep, yep. What's this going to mean? Is this a new project for me? Uh, so certainly, um, you know, no guarantees, uh, of anything, but, um, you know, we've been looking at expanding, uh, our operation, not just because we're, we're actually like literally running out of physical space here at our main office uh, at the four five nine. Um, and so there's, there's some decent, you know, real estate out there in terms of, uh, whether it be you're looking to buy or looking to lease, you know, office space. 
sure. um, you know, retail or other. And so, you know, there's a few spots out there. For example, there's a place in Millburn, New Jersey, that's right next to Starbucks, um, <laughs> nice. you know, which is a, a high traffic. Yep. Uh, and so we're thinking about, um, I don't know that it would be the same style as bleaker trading in New York City. Uh, yes, Charles, I thought it was. Um, but we're thinking about uh, having an office where we're going to have some high-end retail, um, you know, out in display cases, Sam. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, there'd be like a maybe weekly or a monthly kids' night, um, you know, appraisal hours, very functional, whereas oh. maybe not oh. like a retail space, Lou, where you're kind of walking around with your nine-year-old or what have you, a little bit different than that. No, but like also, a Prawn Stars place, right? Exactly. Yeah, nice. I, I like the social aspect very much of Baker trading in New York City. So in other words, if you want to come by at 4.30 on Tuesday and like you don't really want to buy a card, but you just want to talk about cards, great. Um, so we're thinking about, uh, you know, doing that. We'll keep everyone posted, uh, you know, about uh, our journey. I know J5 got solicited by someone trying to, I don't know if they were trying to sell us an office or lease us an office. Oh, how did it go? All I could get from J5 was good. Good. So I don't know what that means, but we'll keep everyone posted about our plans. We're super excited. And, I love this. Uh, we'll You're talking know. commercial real estate with J5 and you have no idea how it went. Like J5's yep. talking commercial real estate with somebody. <laughs> uh, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not enough time in the day. So I just figured he's not authorized. I'm saying it on camera to make any purchases on behalf of just collect or vintage breaks of either buildings or leasing office space. So this is now an official record. All right. This is not a, a, a what is it? A deposition. So <laughs> this is not a joke. We're not doing this... depositions here. <laughs> um, so we'll keep everyone posted on our store plans. Um, and of course, trade night in October. And, uh, next and all the week, other good right. Stuff. We want to remind everybody that next week. Bring yeah, a let's card. close with that. So bring a card. Yep. But Lou, I think what we'd like to do is let's warm them up on social media. So whether it be on Layton's Loft. Or also use the Vintage Breaks Buy, Sell, Trade Group. I know you're in that, Lou, as well. Yep. Um, you know, we'd like to try to get people who are interested in either selling their cards outright or trading them. I would encourage to do graded. Ungraded is okay as well. Um, and we'll see if we can get a few of you folks on Layton's Loft next week. I think it'd be great. Oh, that would be great. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in today, everyone, to Layton's Loft. And stay tuned to Vintage Breaks right here on YouTube.com slash Vintage Breaks. We will have today's trivia question um, for Layton's Loft, and you'll have a chance to win a 2018 Topps Sapphire baseball box spot and your chance at Otani, Acuna, and much more. Thanks, everybody. Hey.